Hey, what's up, everybody? Jump Rope to Freedom. Welcome back to the Jump Rope Veteran Podcast. This is episode 10. Episode 10 features Ken Lane, the owner and operator of thekenlane.com, a blog about intentional living and minimalism. Ken and I connected via the Jump Rope Veteran YouTube channel. He actually helped me figure out how to get this podcast on Google, Apple, and the other podcast platforms that you see the podcast on now. So much respect and thanks to Ken for doing that. Ken is also a cancer survivor. He talks a lot about his bout with cancer in this episode, and he has used jump rope to lose a whole lot of weight and to get control of his physical health and his physical fitness. So with that being said, let's get into it. All right, we're rolling. Ken, Thank you very much for joining on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I also appreciate you helping me put this podcast on the platforms because I had no idea how to do that. And that was very awesome and kind of you. So thank you for joining. I really appreciate it. Well, that was completely selfish of me because I just wanted to hear the podcast while I skip. And uh, that was the easiest way to go about it was just to go, hey, man, let's get this going in Apple Podcasts or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was really yeah, self-serving. <laughs> no, either either way, man, it was a nice it was a nice kind gesture, and I really appreciate your help on that, man. So we'll go ahead and get into it. The first question, first thing I'd like to know, and I'm sure everyone else watching would like to know, is how did you get your start with jump rope? Well, I know it doesn't quite count as uh, I bet a lot of people on the podcast are like, well, you know, when I was a little kid, I started <laughs> when I was a little kid. And that was the same with me. Uh, if you're a kid in the 90s and you went to like a public elementary school, you probably had a jump rope for heart, knocking down the doors, trying to get kids skipping rope at the time. I don't know if they're still doing that or not. I hope so. Uh, yeah. But they're, that's where I got my first start in jumping rope. I was a pretty skinny kid. I had a pretty decent sense of rhythm. So I, I enjoyed it quite a bit at the time. I didn't like join any teams or anything, but I enjoyed doing it. And I was, I felt pretty cool because I could do like a couple double unders at the time. You know, not a lot of kids at my school were able to do that. I mean, it wasn't like probably really terrible form, probably couldn't do them consistently. But uh, so that was kind of a thing. But, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of your podcast listeners are probably like, who the heck is this guy? Like, I've, he doesn't have a, a jump rope YouTube channel and he doesn't have a, even a jump rope blog. I've, I've been thinking about that, but I'm, I'm kind of more of a uh, intentional living blogger, uh, writer. I've done a couple books. I do a little podcast and I'm really not probably the usual guy in your podcast. Cause I'm not, I didn't come from a place of athleticism. Uh, I was kind of raised in a pretty I was always a skinny guy, so I didn't really feel the need to have to work out and all that. Uh, but as the years went by and it became a little more sedentary, um, that for a long time, I was kind of complacent in that. And whenever I would meet someone who was like, uh, you know, I'm, I just, I'm just not myself if I don't get my five miles in every morning, I felt, <laughs> I always felt like, dude, shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> would be nice, but I'm, I was never a runner or anything. Like I was a skateboarder uh did competitions and stuff like that back in the day did a little bmx riding but kind of dropped out of that when a lot of people do you know when they start driving when they're 16 or whatever yeah <clears throat> and but as the years went by uh stuff happened uh i in in 2019 28 2017 uh i was diagnosed with testicular cancer and I mean, that's a whole other story we can kind of get into, yeah. but how that, how that led to jump rope. I know it sounds like a real backwards, weird path. I had a lot of anxiety, uh, following that. Cause whenever you get a cancer diagnosis, you just feel like, okay, my body's out to get me. And I wanted to get really deep into meditation cause it's the meditation seemed like something to ease anxiety. And oddly enough, I was watching a YouTube video. There's, there's so many meditation YouTube videos, but one was on a channel called Charisma on Demand. And this guy was talking about meditation and how he liked to meditate. And in the middle of the video, he started talking about, uh, you know, 
I've actually found that meditation helps me get through really arduous jump rope workouts. Wow. You know, when I'm really trying to get to the end, I can, I can lean into the pain or the exhaustion or the motion of the rope or something like that. And, and being present and all of that uh, is what helps me get through. At that time, I was like, hey, that sounds cool. But I actually completely lost track of what he was talking about because I was going, hold on a second. People jump rope for fun, like, yeah. like as an exercise. <laughs> and I just thought that was something like little girls and boxers did, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm sure that the whole video was very good and informative on meditation, but I didn't really hear it because I was too busy on Amazon looking at jump ropes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm ready to get started. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was just super excited to, and it wasn't even about exercise at that time. It was about doing something that uh, it looked fun. Like he was doing like boxer skips and side stuff and, and crossover and stuff like that. And to me, it looked fun. And at the time I was about 40 pounds heavier. I had just quit smoking. I wow. uh, was coming off of a, a, a surgery for testicular cancer. And all of a sudden I'm ordering a jump rope and I, I don't know what to tell you. I was completely not ready for it so much to the fact that when the jump rope arrived and I wanted to try it out, I had like casual sneakers, not athletic shoes. Yeah. I, I had, uh, I didn't have athletic shorts. I was like in my driveway and swim trunks. Kind of, kind of embarrassing actually when I think about it now. And uh, I just came back to it because it looked fun and you know, it was tough initially, a lot harder than I thought, because, you know, when you sure. watch these, when you watch these jump rope guys on YouTube videos, they make it look so effortless. Oh, no I way. mean, this guy, jump rope veteran, he just makes it look so easy <laughs> and, oh, and effortless. No, <laughs> no not me, the other, all the other people. Dude, I still <laughs> no. got a lot of work to do, man. <laughs> no, no way, man. <laughs> Uh, you were one of the ones who popped up there and, and, uh, what was it? The way of the jump rope, Andrew and, yeah. uh, uh, rush athletics and the jump rope dudes, they all make it look so easy. Yeah, and, sure. and I was in my driveway, just gasping for air, wondering why it wasn't. So it's like, was there someone on my back? Like, I don't even <laughs> understand what was going, but as I went consistently, it, I was able to go longer and I was able to do more tricks and I was able to have more endurance and it became a lot more fun as I went to where I would kind of almost daydream about it at work. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to getting some, to see what I can do to basically compete against the shadow in the driveway, you know, sure, sure. see how much longer I can run, run, skip how I, mm. how I can run with, with the jump ropes pretty much. Yeah. That's what um, you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it didn't even really register as exercise. It was more like, oh, this is a another life challenge. I want to see what I can do. I want to see how much longer I can go, how many more reps I can get in, how many more tricks I can learn. Uh, but it's always been more about fun than exercise to me. And, you know, losing about 40 pounds and being able to breathe is just like a side effect. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's important. What you're saying about fun versus looking at it as a chore. That's, that's real important. A lot of people just immediately view exercise as something like a task. And I think that that thinking in and of itself can be harmful because if you're looking at it like work or a task, people, people work all day and they, they don't want to work any more than the nine to five. Most people have a regular nine to five and your ability to do that. And the fact that it's fun for you, I'm sure that had a lot to do with the success that you've had so far. Yeah. The, the, the fun aspect it, I always do talk to my friends who are runners. There's some that are like really into running, but others treat running. Like this is the price I have to pay in order <laughs> to, to have the beer or yeah. to have the pretzels or to have the, you know, it's another, you know, you take out the trash, you unload the dishwasher, you run, you, you know, and so jump rope, it's not something that I have to do. It's something that I get to do. But nowadays, it's something that I have to do to almost kind of feel normal. Uh, but it's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. I've heard you, you said something real important that changing the, 
changing the way that you go about it with your words. So saying it's instead of have to do, get to do. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've heard quite a few times that can change your mindset towards things that can make a lot of difference. I'm sure that had a lot to do with the success you've had with your health and with your weight loss also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what was really odd about the first weight loss was at first I was actually kind of thinking about it because I noticed that the scale was going down, mm-hmm. you know, 240, 235, 220. It, it was going down and I was excited. And I was just thinking in my mind, like, man, it's going to be so awesome whenever I get right below that 200 mark for the first time since like high school. Yeah. But when that, when that day came and went, I didn't even, <laughs> I barely noticed it yeah. because it didn't come. It, it was no longer about, I actually think I wrote a blog about this somewhere. Uh, it, it's not about the, the scale anymore. It's just about the life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's scales, numbers. It doesn't really matter. It's how you feel. It's how you move. Uh, so, you know, I guess you can use some metrics to, to keep yourself in check. Like uh, Mr. Rogers used to do Mr. Fred Rogers, you know, the will you be my neighbor? He always oh, weighed yeah. a hundred. He weighed 143 pounds his whole adult life. He would weigh himself every day and it said 143 pounds. Wow. And I'm like, because he'd swim every day. Yeah. He was a pretty good health, but I'm not, I, man, I haven't weighed myself in a long time just because I know I kind of go by how I feel. And uh, what was the last time I, I, I skipped and, you know, I usually do about six days a week, mm. just depending, but now yeah i just gauge it by how i feel am i having fun that's kind of how i go about it these days man that's awesome and so when you first started how long did it take to where you were able to get to your goal so if you started with maybe five minutes a day but you wanted to get i think we had talked earlier and you said now your your goal is to get at about 25 minute workouts how long did it take to where you had the cardio the stamina and the skill set to be able to get to the point where you're at now well, for a long time, I would space out, I don't know, rounds is what you might call them. Yeah. Uh, at first, it was pitiful. It was like 30 <laughs> seconds on, 30 seconds off, 30 yeah. seconds on, 30 seconds off. And then it was like a minute on, 30 seconds off, and then two minutes on, 30 seconds off. And uh, I think once I actually got my boxer skit dialed, um, I began to be like i can go 10 minutes no problem and then it got to go like do i need to even stop and so it took about i'd say a year to a year and a half before i could get to 25 30 minutes without taking any breaks wow Um, and that's 25 minutes of straight jumping no side swings or anything just jumping over the rope just jumping uh boxer skip is my favorite thing you can do with a rope uh just because i kind of i guess i approach it like like running i guess because i can kind of go i, I kind of like to go into my mind while i'm doing that and and just i'm either you know listening to the to the uh the jump rope veteran podcast in a sec i'll probably get in there but right. the uh <laughs> or or just thinking of I found myself not really thinking about anything and almost kind of just meditating on it, on something like that guy was saying earlier. Mm. I've really gotten into to meditation since then. And I can see the, how that corresponds with the mindset of when you're into an intense athletic thing, like skipping rope. Yeah. You're right about that. The meditation is, we can talk about that one and later on, cause that's a key, key element of it. The, the rhythm that you yeah. get with with the rope and all that but the other thing that i wanted to talk about was jump ropes that you have right now and what you started with and what you currently have what does your lineup look like what i what i started with was it's a very popular rope on amazon i think it's like 10 bucks it has like kind of a foamy grip with bearings in it and a steel cable that's coated my problem was that is that uh i was sweating so much that i was rusting out the bearings in the handle (laughs) and and i wasn't skipping on a mat at the time so the cable got so worn out 
that, and I would jump at night a lot of the time. I was making sparks in the driveway with the, <laughs> the steel oh, rope. Nice. Yeah, it looks yep. it looks cool, but you're really just wearing out your rope. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, man. Yeah. Uh, my the first ropes that I really liked, uh, actually, I got mine hanging up. Um, is just like these long handled, five millimeter PVC, simple, no real bearing in it. I don't think. Uh, these are the jumprope.net. They don't pay me to talk about them, but <laughs> you can you that's a big shout out to them uh my favorite i have four ropes right now this one i haven't used in a while just because i switched over to a five millimeter uh six inch handle with like bicycle handle tape on it yeah for a good grip because i man i'm a sweaty sweaty dude uh, man, i'm right <laughs> there with you man Oof. i can't hold on to them they they'd slip out one time, if he taps your foot the slightest bit, if you have that nice gentle grip on it, it's gone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, five millimeter, six inch handle. I think this is electrical tape on either side, keeping it in place. Size it up with some knots. Uh, I mean, to a certain degree. My other yellow one, gosh, I didn't size, I didn't cut it down at all. I just used knots. So it's just filled with knots. And they feel great when you hit yourself with them. So oh, I can I can imagine. I've been through that. <laughs> it's like a cat of nine times. tails. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's rough, man. Oof. If he's, well, I don't get into too many tricks, so I don't actually snap myself that often. Maybe that's why I don't know. But man, my, one of my favorite one now is the weighted Muay Thai training rope from Elite SRS. You can get that from JumpRopes.net. Yep. And it has been kicking my butt, but like in the best way. Mm -hmm. That's a good rope. Yeah. It's a behemoth. It is. It's like jumping with yeah. a garden hose full of concrete or something. I know that rope is a lot different than the other heavy ropes. I mean, I, I have the cross rope one pound and that's a, that's a good rope, but it's got, you can control it a lot better. That, that rope, I have one of those as well. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to control, but it's also, it's, honestly a good thing because it's harder to control which means you need to concentrate more <laughs> on making sure you don't trip so it's a, actually a benefit at the end of the day at least that's the way i i see it i've i've found that um i have to switch up however i'm jumping with it if i go out too broad with it you're, you're working one set of muscles and if you like get wear those out and then you bring them in and then you're basically just doing <laughs> bicep mm -hmm. curls yeah <laughs> just to keep the thing in check and if you try and hold that with your thumb on top, that's a great way to wear out your hands. I found yeah. that my grip strength has been has gotten so much tighter from weighted ropes because you just got to manage the damn thing, like really just keep a hold of it. But, you know, I'm not even really one to, and I, well, last rope, three millimeter PVC, very mm -hmm. short, uh, as short as I can get it without hitting myself. And this one is exclusively for jumping inside my house okay. for when it's uh, terrible weather or we, we had sub zero temperatures here for like a week, a couple months yeah. back. And I would skip usually right back here <laughs> on the hardwood floor, not on the rug. Uh, just trying my hardest not to hit ceiling fans and bookshelves and doorknobs and sometimes being successful with that. But I, sure. It, I could, man, it would turn into a sweat lodge in here because <laughs> just trying to, yeah. but I'm not really a big gear guy. Um, I understand there's a lot of awesome, cool jump rope technologies out there, cross rope. And I know Rush Athletics is, he's always coming up with cool stuff and all these different things. Uh, and I'll try them out eventually one day, you know, whenever I've completely snapped everything I got, but I, I really just like the simple, simple stuff, really cheap. I rarely don't spend more than 10 bucks on a rope. Sure. So that goes, we were talking, oh, go ahead. My fault. Well, I was just going to, I was just going to yeah. say, I, I'm probably just going to replace the PVC once these break, keep the handles. It's a really cheap way to go. Yeah. That's a great way to do it. Those <clears throat> handles will hold up for a long time. They, they yeah. will. So we, we talked about in our preliminary call, we were talking about your, your minimalist lifestyle and walk me through how you came to minimalism and then in your words, how that relates to jump rope. 
Well, I, for a long time, I would bounce around where I lived in my twenties or whatever. And <clears throat> each time I would just kind of accumulate more stuff as I went. Mm. And most of the stuff, if I can speak probably for a lot of people when I go, if you went into your closet, you have that problem sometimes in the morning where you open it up and you're like, it's, it's stuffed to the brim, but you're like, I don't have anything to wear. <laughs> yep, absolutely, man. <laughs> like that's a, uh, like, what a weird kind of first world problem to have. Yeah. yeah. And I was over at a friend's house. Uh, he's, a, he's my best friend. Uh, the buddy that I played in a band with for over a decade. And he had lived in this one bedroom apartment. And he got a cool job as a park ranger at a Civil War battlefield, which he is an American history. He has his master's in American history. So, so being a park ranger at a Civil War battlefield was like his dream job. But uh, at the time, they hooked him up with the house that was on the grounds. It was a three-bedroom house. And he went, so he went from a one-bedroom apartment to a three-bedroom house. And when he moved in, it was so empty that like you could hear your voice reverberating off the walls. He had like his kayak in the kitchen because that you know he's kind of a schlub but um but my first like materialist instinct was to be like man we got to get you some furniture we got to get you some stuff on the walls we're gonna and he just looked at me and goes why great question (laughs) in in that moment i was so jealous of him because he had i don't know five t-shirts that he would hang up three pairs of pants two pairs of shoes uh just enough furniture for him he's like why do i need so much more stuff and i was really just thinking about my own existence and i'm like man i got so much stuff that is taking up so much real estate not only in my house but in my mind uh in my closet but also in my subconscious and i'm like man this there's no real reason to have so much stuff and i started getting rid of a lot of things that i owned that i uh, yeah, I, I, my wife and I kind of did the Marie Kondo KonMari method of, you know, you pick something up and you go, does this spark joy? <laughs> and if it doesn't just get rid of it. Yeah. It's not a big yeah. deal and you probably won't miss it. Uh, at first it might be hard. Cause you're, you're also like, well, I might use that one day. And, but nowadays in this kind of first world mentality, if you truly needed something like that again, you're able to get it again, yep. uh, if, you know, but in all likelihood, you're probably not. Mm. And it's probably just taken up space in your life. Uh, so when we moved to the house we're in now, uh, last October, I mean, I had been kind of download downgrading since then, but uh, got rid of, I'm going to say 80% of my clothes. I actually had a bunch of other jump ropes too. And I got rid of those, just the ones I wasn't using. I'm like, I'm not using them. I don't need to keep them. Yeah. Uh, and man, I've I've just noticed like an of an, an immense pressure being let off. But the thing about it too is that you just getting rid of the stuff is not going to uh, help if you still have the I need to go buy stuff mentality. You know. Yeah. Uh, or else you're just going to end up buying more stuff all over again. And so I had started setting rules for myself. If I wanted something, I'd have to put, I'd open up my Google calendar and, and a month out, I put like that auto, the item and be like, do you still want this? And usually you'd come around a month and you're like, no, don't really, it was going to be an impulse buy. That is a great idea. Awesome. Yeah. I, I had to interrupt just to say that, that that's a great idea I'm going to put, but please continue. Please. No, continue. no, no. That's, yeah. well, that's also what like Amazon lists are for, I guess. Half yeah. the time you'll be going through, get an impulse buy. Yeah, that's cool. I'll put it on my list. I'll put the link to it. I'll actually grab the Amazon link and I'll put it in that calendar issue or instance on Google Calendar or Apple, whatever. And oh man, I'm going to say most of the time you're going to come around to it and go, I don't even want that anymore. Like, <laughs> I, <Yep. laughs> I, I don't need it. Exactly how that kind of, right. how that comes back to jump rope I think uh, how minimalism would translate to jump rope to me is that it's, it's also one of the most minimalist athletic activities anyone can encounter short of running, even though running 
sometimes isn't either. I mean, people throw a lot of gear down on running. Yeah. Jump rope, you don't need a gym. You don't need shoes <laughs> if you don't yeah. want them. Uh, just need a rope and a spot on, you know, the size of, what uh, you know, three by three, sure. something maybe. And you're in business. Uh, you can do it however you want. You can do it for as long as you want. You don't have to join a class. And uh, YouTube has all the videos you could ever need for <laughs> yeah. jump rope. So to me, it's the perfect minimalist exercise uh, and fun way of getting your heart rate up and getting to breathe heavy, heavy and all that. I say get to, to breathe heavy, not have to breathe heavy. Yeah, that's yeah, the important frame. Yeah, I agree with you on that, though. It's when you're talking about your friend's house, it reminded me of Parkinson's law, where if you have so if you make more, it, it says if you I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's it's the law that says if you make more money, you're going to spend more. Mm -hmm. Or if you have more time to do a project, you're going to take all that time rather than setting a deadline. And then if you have all this space in your house, well, then the default reaction is to just go out and buy a whole bunch of stuff to fill. yeah and we let lifestyle creep uh kick in too you know you get that raise oh now i can buy that new car and then you go did i need a new car like am <laughs> yeah. i and who am i impressing with this new car i know new cars are nice to have and they're nice to buy and it feels good uh personally i'm i'm more of the beater mentality i love my beater car it's paid off it's I can f work on it myself sometimes, uh, <laughs> but I know that I won't get that car payment and it impresses me and that's all that matters because most of the people you're trying to impress with a car at a stoplight, you're never going to see them again in your whole life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the people whose opinions matter, they're not going to judge you on how much stuff you have or whether you have a nice car or not. And if they do, then probably shouldn't be hanging out with them anyway. No, the fact that I was jealous of my friend for not having a lot of stuff in a house was like, <laughs> I was more impressed by his lack of stuff. But that also ties back into the other end of minimalism. Over time, when you get rid of stuff and you don't replace it, uh, you need to make sure that you're not focused on stuff still. Because actually, whenever we started talking originally about minimalism, because you had mentioned like, oh yeah, I saw that you wrote some blogs and uh, even part of a book on, on minimalism, I go, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that because it, it wasn't a part of my life anymore. Uh, not front and center anyways. I wasn't yeah. every day blogging about like, I don't have very many things and, and bragging about it because it's not, I, that's almost just as annoying as someone who's, who's uh, putting up the haul videos or something like that, which I, you know, more power to people who do haul videos. I never understood it. I went to the store and here's everything I bought and they even do it with groceries. I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> celebrated yeah, materialism, but it's, I think it's kind of a little goofy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is strange, but you're right about making sure it doesn't become an unhealthy obsession on the other side. Yeah. It's still materialism. Kind of, it, it is. It's just kind of on the other end of the spectrum. Yep. Yeah, man. So <laughs> the, so the, cancer you were talking about your bout with cancer what yeah i've never i've known people who have had cancer but i've never really talked to them about mm -hmm. it so what is it what is that like to go through that and how do you maintain the mental toughness to if that's even what it was to walk yourself and get through that stage in your life well it for a while, I, I, I feel immensely blessed that my, I, I was diagnosed with stage one, and I'm going to say like stage 0.5 testicular cancer. Testicular cancer is the most prevalent cancer in men ages to about 15 to 35. Um, good news is that it's also these days virtually curable um if caught early enough if not caught early enough it can be it can definitely be fatal mm -hmm. uh but if caught early enough it's there's new treatments it's it's very treatable i mean look at lance armstrong he had i can't remember which stage he had stage four i think 
I mean, it was all the way up in his brain, full of his lungs, everything. Treated it, went on to win how many Tour de France's, you know, with yeah. the help of some interesting <laughs> <laughs> performance-enhancing oh, yeah. things. But, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> being one testicle short is not the aerodynamics he needed to, to win the Tour de France. Yeah. Uh, but oh. I, I was already kind of... Um, I was very aware with, of my own body and how things go. I was a little bit of a hypochondriac back in the day. Uh, and I noticed that, uh, well, f- way back in the day, I heard a song on YouTube that it was, it was called, Do Your Testicles Feel Okay? <laughs> and it was to the tune of Do Your Ears Hang Low. And it, oh, was, wow. it was talking, of, it was a very successful campaign about uh, testicular cancer awareness. And they're talking about like, do they feel different? Does one feel bigger? Do, I need to find the song. It's pretty hilarious. Like they, they played up the comedic element, but it stuck with me. And it, it taught you how to do a, a self-exam in the shower, which every mm-hmm. guy should do once a month. I usually say on the second of the month, because you know, you got two of those things. Just remember it, second of the month, uh, Roll it between your finger and your thumb and go, is there any bumps? Is there is it bigger than it used to be? Is it harder than it used to be? Is it whatever? If anything's weird, just go see your doctor. It's not yeah. it's scary to think about because it's the C word, mm-hmm. but it's uh ultimately it's very treatable. I noticed one day that uh a long, long, long time ago, before all this, that one of mine was bigger than the other. And I went to my doctor about something else, but I mentioned it to him and he goes, well, yeah, that's usual. Most guys, it's one's bigger than the other. That's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So years later, I noticed, okay, now they're the same size. One that was smaller before is now the same. It's the same size as the other one. And I brought it up to my doctor and he actually was like, I don't, I don't really sense anything or see anything that's weird just upon physical examination, but because you said that this one used to be smaller and it's now the same size, I'm gonna sub- I'm gonna send you to go get a sonogram. Good for you him know, for like, doing that. Yeah, yeah uh, sonogram the same as you know the la- when you're pregnant with the jelly on the belly. Yeah. Except it was on different part, so it's a little. You know, I was <laughs> I think I was cracking a lot of jokes during that and being like. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? You know. Oh man. <laughs> you have wow. to laugh during those yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I remember I was at work. I got a call from my primary care, and he was. I can't remember exactly if he was trying to sound chill or not, but he was like, "Okay, so uh, I got your sonogram results back from the radiologist. Uh, there's." definitely a mass in there could be cancer. And like, whenever he said that it was like somebody stomped the delay pedal, you know, for guitar, cancer, 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 cancer. It's like all I heard cancer. Jeez. And I was, you know, 28 years old, 27 years old. Oh man. And, uh, just had been married three years, something like that. Um, but he goes, but good news is that this is, even if it is cancer, it's very highly treatable. Uh, even if it is, it seems like we caught it really early. So I went into a urologist and he said, you know, we, we're not, we can't be sure if it's cancer or not because you don't really want to do a biopsy with testicular cancer because, well, for one, by the time you get into cut into it, that testicle is no longer functional at all anymore. Like you've already cut it to pieces. It's not worth it. Uh, and if we do cut into what is cancer, that can spread it to the bloodstream. And then all of a sudden you got it everywhere. Oh, so man. what we need to do, is what's called an orchiectomy, uh, which is the removal of the testicle. And he said, it's, it's a pretty uh, standard procedure. He's like, I do like a hundred of them a year. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, wow. They make an incision up like where you have a hernia operation or a, a was a appendectomy kind of area and they kind of crane game down in and remove that. And he goes, but good luck, not good luck. Good news. Uh, you only really need one testicle to, uh, to it's you're totally normal, totally fine with one. It's going to create enough testosterone. You're still going to be able to have kids and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, so went in for surgery, had that removed, was out for like a week. I mean, it was probably, it was probably about as bad as, as having an appendectomy. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I had a couple moments where my cat jumped off my lap once and I was like, you know, but <laughs> it was a surgery. I was, I was only out of week, work for a week, went back to work after that and had the results there too. And he was like, okay, it did test positive for cancer, but it was also, we need to uh, do scans for you. Um, you're going to have to come back and you're, you're in remission. So you need to come back for scans. So we make sure that it hasn't spread anywhere else in your body. Usually it goes up the lymph nodes. Uh, and then from lymph nodes, it can go into other organs like the liver and the kidneys, I believe. And then it goes into the lungs and then it can just ride those lymph nodes up into your brain. If, if it, that's like worst case scenario, if it spreads that much. And this is usually something that's been someone at this point, a lot was going wrong downstairs and you weren't saying anything usually. Yeah. And it's so sad because a lot of dudes won't speak up. They, you know, they're macho. They're, you know, yeah, there's something wrong with me or I don't want to go to a doctor. It's kind of embarrassing because yeah. it's your testicles. You know, I'm like, dude, it's not embarrassing if it's going to save your life. So yeah, well uh, said. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's not, I mean, that's why I've been, that's why you'll notice if, if you look up a lot of the, um, testicular cancer awareness campaigns, they kind of play up the fact that it's funny, that it's balls, that it's, you know. Um, so I've been in remission and under surveillance for four years, almost five. I'm pretty much out of the woods. They did find a nodule on my lung in one of the scans, but they said they think that was completely unrelated and it's almost completely benign, like something almost like having a mole. But they're like, we want to keep an eye on it, make sure, you know. But at this point, he's like, I think you're out of the woods. I'm downgrading you from full CT scans every year to just lower CT scans, chest x-rays, because it tends to go into there. But yeah, the I still do have quite a bit of anxiety whenever uh, it it when scan time comes up every year. When I'm like, I got a scan in a week, I get the results a week later. And I do get anxiety about that. They call it scanxiety in the cancer community. Scanxiety, wow, yeah. Because because if you talk to anyone who's had cancer in remission, uh, you you could be years out from whenever you get the the clean bill of health. When you get that, when you go in for scans, you're you're just like all the emotions come back. All the, uh, you know, is, is has it come back? I don't know. You know, blah blah blah. I have noticed that jump rope though it it's such a powerful tool in fitness in general for people that aren't in, involved in fitness jump rope is such a powerful tool for um freeing yourself of a lot of anxiety because you can just put a lot of that angst and that emotion and that and that the negative negative feelings into something physical you know getting your heart rate up sweating just really I don't know. And I've heard of a lot of people using it for depression too. I haven't experienced depression myself, but I've heard for a lot of depressives, the difference between a depressed day and a not depressed day or a better day is, did I work out that day? Did I exercise that day? Yeah. And if, if they hadn't put in 10 minutes of intense exercise, a lot of the time there was a, a one of my favorite comedians, Gary Goleman, he, uh, he was, he had heavy duty depression, like super, super heavy duty depression uh, to the point where he actually had the uh, electroconvulsive treatment, you know, the stuff that you see and you shock your brain. Nowadays they do it. They, they actually put you under and do that in a controlled atmosphere. It's not yeah. like one floor of the cuckoo's nest like they used to do. Yeah. But he's like, man, exercise is like, he's like, it almost saved my life. Like if I exercise every day, I can keep my depression and for me, my anxiety, uh, I can get a grip on it. So to me, the avenue of fun that comes with jump rope, as a that's what keeps me doing it, is that it's fun. It makes me feel good too, and I you know stay in shape. But the fact that I can do that, it really does help uh, tamper the anxiety side of it. So I know that yeah. was a long, long detour. <laughs> no, that's from it. <laughs> that's good, man. I mean, anything like that, I wouldn't expect anything less than a deep discussion about yeah. something that 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 for lack of better words, that traumatic and something that 
something that happens in your life of that magnitude and yeah. the fact that you're comfortable and you're comfortable enough in your own skin to share it and then to encourage other men to check themselves and to go see a doctor that there's no shame in that that all mm -hmm. fall that's all for one it's very courageous of you and two it all falls in under the health and fitness sphere which is important and so yeah. it's not just about the jump rope it's about jump rope is is a great thing but it's really about making sure you can you have your health and fitness under control yeah and just to to for guys if you think something's wrong go see a doctor it it could for one be nothing my brother had a I don't, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this on, on a podcast. <laughs> he had a soreness. He went and got it checked out. It was something else. It was nothing. Got Good. it taken care of. Good. Even if it is something you want to take care of that now before it becomes something worse. But even in my case, yes, I am one testicle shorter than I used to be, but I have a son who was yeah. conceived after I did this. So no trouble there at all. Uh, yeah. And and if anything, probably, you know, <laughs> we didn't try hard at all <laughs> to have this kid. Uh, us lane boys are very, very, very fertile. Um, <laughs> but I guess now yeah. it's concentrate. Whenever I told my parents that we were having a baby, my my dad goes, attaboy lefty. Jeez, like, <laughs> oh, man, that's wild. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, but, good humor on that, though. Like you, you were saying... Him. Sometimes you, you just have to, humor is probably the good way to assuage the, what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Through it. Yeah, <laughs> we, so the meditation, we talked about meditation a little earlier. It's a great mm -hmm. tool. So how do you, do you do that? Just two questions. Do you do that on your own outside of jump rope? And how do you apply it during your jump rope sessions? Uh, yeah, I've never actually taken like a an actual meditation course from like another person as far as like a you know going to a tm center or something like that um i i looked at all kinds of tutorials and things like that on line and i hadn't found much that worked for me until i read a book by dan harris called meditation for fidgety skeptics which is what That's i was good. and he kind of puts it in a very sarcastic are you looking for a meditation manual that's not woo woo and talking about auras and you know sitting on a mountainside you know meditation for people with day jobs basically you know and that kind of got me into it but i was surprised at how simple it is because people talk about meditation like it's something you got to go learn from a guru on a mountain top and it's really not it's it's mostly about training your mind to be able to be completely present in the moment. Like if, if you were to just close your eyes and, and breathe through your nose and just focus on how that breath feels going into your nostrils and out and trying to just not even think about it, but rather just to feel the raw data of that and locking into the present moment. Once you do that, you're going to notice that your brain immediately mutinies and goes, okay, that's cool. Okay. That's warm. Okay. That's cool. I wonder what I'm going to have for lunch. I wonder, did I leave the garage door open? Uh, you know, it, yeah. it, that's totally normal, but the, the point of it is not to stay concentrating on that, but to notice whenever you're thinking and to go, I'm thinking right now, or my brain, the monkey in the attic is going crazy <laughs> because I'm not giving him a banana, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and to go, I don't have to listen to that. I can be here right now. I can be present. And the present moment, you know, and this is especially good for people with anxiety, I've noticed, is because no matter how much anxiety you have about the future, uh, am I going to lose my job or am I just not going to get that raise? You know, is that bad thing going to happen? Or, uh, you know, whenever you have anxiety about something in the future, you're basically time traveling in, in the worst time machine ever that wants you to fail. Uh, but whenever you are able to, 
to tap into the present moment and realize that that's what you're thinking, then you can start to take control little by little. Um, it's not going to come easy at first because it's completely unnatural to go, oh, I'm thinking. I'm not present right now. I'm in the future. I'm dreading that or worrying about something. Or if you're depressed, a lot of that is I'm dwelling on the past. I'm ruminating about the past. I'm yes. agonizing about the past. Uh, when you're not present, you're not in the in the moment. You're not with your cat who's you know <laughs> just waking up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you'll notice that the present moment is actually, unless you're just like actively in pain, the present moment is usually pretty nice. You know, you're yeah. in your, you're either in your house or you're at your job or you're, you know, you're not quite in pain and things are good or you're with people that you love or you're um, doing something you enjoy. And I think jump rope is a good way to, you know, sometimes I do listen to music and sometimes I do listen to podcasts while I do it. But a lot of the time when I jump rope, I like to not be listening to something other than the swoosh of those five millimeter PVCs going around my head and just had the, the snap of it on the, on the, driveway or the mat i've been jumping with mats lately <laughs> i know we were talking about that um yeah just just the raw data of that woo, 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 and that snap and jumping and being completely present and if your mind starts to wander to something you're worrying about just bring it back to that woo, woo, woo. that that sound is more like a weighted jump rope the other ones are more like <laughs> yeah yeah it's, but you're right though you're exactly right but what we yeah. what you were saying man there's nothing better nothing greater than the present moment and what you were saying earlier reminds me of the Tao to Jing the Lao, Lao Tzu quote it's right if you're depressed you're living in the past if you're anxious you're living in the future if you're at peace you're living in the present that's one of my favorite quotes because it's absolutely true start mm -hmm. feeling anxious you're normally thinking about things and then like tom petty says most things i worry about never happen anyway you're thinking about things that are probably not going to happen they're never going to materialize and then the past there's nothing you can do about it it's it's there the only thing you can do is learn from it yeah right then you can get deep into stoicism too if you ever wanted to I know oh, you yeah. you're a ryan holiday fan like me <laughs> oh yeah ryan holiday's great it's been there's been i think that Another guy that it's not released yet that I recorded a couple nights ago. He's mentioned Ryan Holiday. Dave Hunt mentioned Ryan Holiday. He's a lot more popular than than I thought within the community of people who jump rope as well. Yeah. Yeah. I well, he, what's funny about Ryan Holiday is that he's not saying anything new. Like right. yeah. all the wisdom he brings about is what three thousand, four thousand years old. I, I'm it's thousands of years old. Yeah, at least. What, yeah. what he's good at is translating it into the speak of the the Gen Xer, the millennial, and what we can understand. Uh, maybe even Gen Y. I don't. I can't. What, Gen Y is millennial. Never mind. That's Gen Z. Okay. Man, I, there's so many of them. I get confused too. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what I am other than a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's like what if you're born before 82 82 to like 90 or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. But but he he just translated it and but stoicism is basically uh locking in it part of it has to do with being in the present but part of it is uh strengthening yourself to endure what what life throws at you and realizing that most of the time you're worrying about things that either won't happen or things that don't matter or you know things that you've been taught you should worry about and then now you're like this really is silly to be worrying about yeah and i don't know that's yeah you're right man that's one of the i think it's there's so many good philosophies out there but i was going through a time a couple of years ago where i got put in a job that i shouldn't have gotten put in in the military and there was no other choice and i found that's when I found Ryan Holiday and Stoicism and just listening to Seneca, Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus, those main three and listening to their quotes and their books. That's what got me through it and helped me realize that 
most things in life you don't control, but what you do control is how you respond. And mm-hmm. that makes all the difference. How you respond makes all the difference. Yeah, you that that's the main thing I was trying to get with stoicism. You said it a lot better than I did. Oh nah, you only nah. control what you can control yeah. and don't worry about what you can't. There's no use in it. So exactly. <laughs> you gotta be indifferent. You gotta be indifferent to those things. And it doesn't mean that you're just giving up. It just means that it's a, it's the strategy of at what point do I need to be indifferent to this because caring about it is just not going to make any difference or any difference it does make is marginal. Right. So you have to recommend Ego is the Enemy. Oh, great book. Uh, yeah. uh, what was it, the other one? The Obstacle is the Way. Yep, Obstacle is the Way. And Stillness is the Key. Yeah, that's the, that's the Holy the Trinity there for yeah. uh, for for Ryan Holiday's Stoicism books. He's come out with a couple other ones, but those are like yeah. the big ones. Have you read those, all three of those? Uh, I've read the first two. I got like halfway through Stillness is the Key mm-hmm. and Life Happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, but those you. two, Ego is the Enemy, man, that is, I mean, they're both, both of those are huge game changers, but yeah. I think e- Ego is the Enemy is just like, yeah, a lot of the time you're going after some kind of fame or some kind of, status or something that's not really going to serve you you don't really want it and but you don't know that you don't want it and it's been a while since i've read that one but uh it definitely was like it, it's a humbling book it's like it's it's in your best interest to be a humble person so that's oh, kind of yeah. one of the, the big takeaways i took from it it is that's a great one that's the only one of his i read i'm ashamed to say but that <laughs> one had a great impact on me that's a book where there's there's a lot of books where you just read them once but that's mm-hmm. a book that you can read once every six months, once every year, because learning how to control your ego and not let it get the best of you is something that is a, it's a phenomenon that needs constant reminding. It's not something that you just learn once and, it, and it's all good. That's something that you constantly that's a battle that most people are constantly fighting every day. Well, no, no spoiler alert for uh, the obstacle is the way, but. I read that one. That one's basically about how to make a new path whenever you have something big in your life that's holding you back. And I'm, I'm, it's been years since I've read it, but I remember recommending it to a friend of mine who was in a, in a tough spot. He was a, a, a diabetic and he had just lost a leg. Um, oh my gosh. And he was in a, in a bad spot. Like yeah. he was just so depressed and uh, I recommended it to him and he was like, holy crap man this is changing my life like every every turn of the page was like he's like this is exactly what i needed and he said it was a big turning point for him so i'm like okay (laughs) uh cool i mean i didn't write that but uh more power to ryan holiday and all the stoicism that went into that one so i would recommend that book to anyone who's going through some stuff uh that's a really good one to you know if there's a boulder in your way use that as a footstep you know type of mentality yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm definitely gonna pick that one up. So, one thing I wanted to know is you were talking about your diet and the email that you sent me. So, what what does your diet consist of? Do you follow any kind of diet like intermittent fasting or the traditional three meals a day? What does that look like for you? Well, it my my diet originally started with uh, I'm an observant Jewish person, and it started with kosher which kosher is kind of misunderstood in itself. A lot of people are like, you mean like the pickles? You know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> kosher means that things are, are approved according to the laws that are in the Torah, uh, which the, the first five books of the, the Hebrew Bible, I guess. Um, but that mostly talks about which species you can eat, like no pigs, no shellfish, no bottom feeders, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the things that you can eat, like the cows and, and deer and, and, the kosher species of birds, those all have to be slaughtered in a very specific way to uh, minimize pain. So like, for instance, a cow is slaughtered with a knife that is razor sharp. It's like a a surgeon's scalpel and it's a huge, they're like the size of swords, but, um, and, and the butcher, he checks it on his nail between every no nicks in the blade. And from what I hear, it's like a, almost a painless cut. I don't know if you've ever like cut yourself with a paper cut, 
or a, a really sharp knife and you're just bleeding everywhere before you feel it, you're like, oh my gosh, where did that happen? You know, that's kind of the vibe. Anyways, long story short with that, I was trying to find kosher meat where I live in Oklahoma. It, there's not a very big observant Jewish population, so there's not a lot of people uh, buying up kosher meat, so it's really hard to find. And that kind of led me at first to just like, okay, I guess I'm a pescatarian, you know, I <laughs> yeah. fish and, 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 because uh, fi fish, the, the, the slaughtering laws are a lot more lax uh, for than with, I don't know, animals that can scream, I guess. But um, so I'm pretty much a pescatarian, but I'm also like a lactose intolerant pescatarian. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that almost, uh, and I've been losing my taste for fish as much lately because, you know, you can only eat so much salmon before you're sick of it. I uh, know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm pretty much a vegetarian who is uh uh i i'll consume dairy and i eat my weight in eggs uh <laughs> but uh that that's that's kind of how i've gone about it and my wife as well and our son uh but she's an amazing cook I, i'm very blessed to have a wife who can just tear up a kitchen yeah i'm in the same category as you man it's married it's up a real blessing yeah <laughs> And, uh, and that, and that we eat the same stuff too. Um, what's funny nowadays is that my son hasn't had, he's had a little bit of chicken in life, like kosher chicken. And it's funny, if, but if you put it in front of him, he, he won't eat it because he doesn't really know what it is. But if you tell him it's tofu, he's like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll eat that. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's it's yeah. the opposite problem that most parents would have. I do intermittent fast. Uh, picked up this really cool book by this guy named, I think his name's Jude. Uh, no, I'm kidding. The <laughs> I did oh, I did read your that up. Oh, yeah, nice. I did, I did read your book on that. It's very informative. Really nice short read for people that are looking for a, a good uh, book on just getting started with intermittent fasting without all of the uh, all the information you need and not of all the stuff you don't. So well, I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. Plug. I'm plugging that. I uh, appreciate it, man. Uh, you can get that on Amazon. Yeah, and it's, it's over there on Amazon. Yep, just like every, all the other inventory in the world. <laughs> yeah, you can read it in like thirty minutes to an hour. It's yeah, it's really really a good start into that. And I didn't know as much about trans fats until I started reading your book on hydrogenated oils and stuff oh, like that. Oh yeah, man. And yeah. how much of a game changer that can be. Oh yeah, that's huge, man. The trans fats. If we had another hour, we could probably talk <laughs> talk just talk about trans fats for another hour but maybe we can have another one where we just talk about that but yeah that those are a lot of, a lot of people don't know about that that stuff and how harmful they are yeah and what to look for because it might not even say trans fats in it you just have yeah. to look at the ingredients and, and exactly. if you see hydrogen hydrogenated oils or hydrogenated uh ingredients but yeah i, I intermittent fast that basically just means skipping breakfast mm -hmm. which is so funny for so long i grew up breakfast is the most important meal of the day and yeah, you get to be older and you're like but is it like i don't don't get me wrong i eat breakfast but i'll eat it at 12 30 one o'clock in the afternoon yeah man and call it lunch <laughs> yeah dude it's it's i think dave hunt was talking about this too on the, his podcast it's just you get older and you start to it's a perfect example of just questioning conventional beliefs Mm -hmm. and and knowing and just knowing what what to question and just wondering do i need where does this even come from is there any evidence to back this up and then applying that to other things in your life too it ends up making good for better decisions well my my friends always joke with me that i always i like to take the path less traveled like it's almost a hobby of mine <laughs> to kind of try and do things the weird way first uh, like, like I wasn't raised Jewish. I found it later and converted and all my friends are like, okay, weirdo. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and there's a lot of things like, oh, you jump rope. Yeah. Ken had to go find the weird fitness activity and, and be the weird guy yeah. doing it too. And, and, uh, you know, things like that. Also, you're, you're asking me about my shoes and stuff too. My shoes make me a weirdo too, <laughs> mm -hmm. about, you know, all this barefoot stuff, but Take, I, I think there is a lot of lot to be said for just trying out and being open-minded about stuff, questioning common norms and finding what works for you. And even if it makes you weird, if it makes you happy, 
Who cares? <laughs> Man, couldn't have said it better. Couldn't have said it better. You got to go out there and try new things and not. I think Tom Bilyeu says it the best. He's like, don't let your beliefs become calcified in dogma. And right. Just thoughts just because people said it was true. And where did they get the information from? So it's always right. good to question. I remember my brother, uh, he was coming, he was, his term in the Navy was almost up. And uh, I live in Tulsa. My parents live like 30 minutes outside of Tulsa. And I, I grew up in this area and I've traveled to other places and I found that I really do like this area, but I'm like, oh, so you're going to move back to Tulsa. And he was like, well, I'm going to go look at some other cities, see what they're like. And I'm like, but Tulsa is where we're from. And then I remember he goes, dude, it only takes one generation to change where you're from. Yeah. And, and as far as I, not just moving places, but like what you're about, hmm. like you can be flexible. You can choose to be about other stuff. You can try just a new way of life, find what fits. Cause you know, what your parents raised you in isn't always what fits. It doesn't mean right. that like they did a bad job. And if anything, I think your parents should be raising you to be open-minded and, and try new things. Uh, I feel very blessed that that was my case and my, my folks supported all of my exploratory decisions, as long as they weren't self-destructive or harming others. Uh, but yeah, try new things. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better, man. We got, man, this has been a great conversation. The time, it seems like we just started talking 10 minutes ago. It's already been an hour. <laughs> it's already been an hour and a half, man. So has it? Yeah. Not an hour and a half, hour and five minutes. Sorry. I, <laughs> I saw the five and then I thought of point five. <laughs> yeah, eight point. I saw eight point zero eight, and then colon zero five, and thought it was like point five. So I'm well, we didn't start on time, so that's on. all right. <laughs> yeah, it started because I couldn't get the dang volume right. I'm still trying to figure out this microphone. It's. I think it sounds good, but technology the more complex you have, the more complexity you introduce, the harder it can be to operate the equipment. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man. The catch-all question. What is your advice to people who have started with jump rope or any physical fitness activity and they came from background that you were coming from where they were previously sedentary and they're struggling to start or they're just starting off? What, what would you tell them? I would tell them to follow the fun. Yeah. Think about what it is that you did when you were a kid or what you could do now, but take a second to think about what did I do when I was a kid that got my blood pumping, got me breathing. You know, you don't think about it when you're a kid, you can run around all day and never even know what your heart rate is. But what is something active that you did when you were a kid that was fun, like genuinely fun uh, and that you can start to kind of do now you're probably, it's probably going to really whoop you for a while but follow the fun or else you're not going to want to do it. It's going to be a chore. Uh, instead of something you get to do, it's going to be something you have to do. So that's what it was jump rope for me. I remember how much fun I had doing it when I was a kid. And that's why I was so anxious to pick it up again and look like I was training for a prize fight in my driveway. Uh, even though, man, I would lose that quickly, but the, oh, um, I would too, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just following that fun and, and make sure it's fun and do what is fun. Cause uh, as far as like the exercises I do, I remember when I first got into jump rope, I was also like, okay, well also I need to start doing this type of exercise and that type of exercise. Now I'm a fitness guy and I was having no fun. And I go, I'm just going to go back to what I know was fun. And that's jump rope and different types of jump rope, things that challenge me. Uh, so yeah, anyone who's in a sedentary, like I, I've been thinking about writing a book called jump rope for the flabby and easily winded that's uh, a good title <laughs> i i think yeah. so well i was kind of stealing from like meditation for fidgety skeptics but oh, it's like yeah, yeah. it's like that side of it um but i was flabby and easily winded and in, i didn't like the way fitness coaches would talk it didn't resonate to like come on guys let's do it you're almost there like that did not read i'm like shut up like i'm yeah. i'm trying to eat some chips man i'm like but if if somebody spoke to me like another fat friend who's like dude just follow some fun stuff to do uh it's gonna suck but you're gonna your and your body's gonna be confused it's not gonna know what the hell you're trying to do to it but over time your body's gonna love you for it 
uh, it's going to be like, okay, this is fun and I'm feeling better and I'm finally moving around. So I don't know. I'd say follow the fun. That's great. I, I've never heard it put that way before. The great thing about this podcast that I didn't really foresee happening was every time that question comes up, people have something different and something I've never heard of before. And everything has been great advice. I mean, it'd be a spinoff of something I've heard before, but mm -hmm. everyone has their own way of articulating their advice. And it's been outstanding every every single time that that was awesome you gotta going back to your childhood and thinking about maybe playing on the playground or doing the monkey bars there's nothing stopping you from doing that as an adult either there's adult versions of all those things yeah like, exactly yeah. especially i think modern fitness industry has capitalized on that i think you know crossfits it's it's almost just like when you look at some of the stuff in there, I'm like this is kind of a playground in here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't do CrossFit. I can't speak to it at all. But I'm, to me, whenever I see a big tire and some monkey bars, I'm like, oh, that looks like my, that looks like the playground when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I know. And people doing handstands and stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I can't do one of those. And it's, I know it takes people so long to be able to do that. And that's something that as a kid, I saw people doing it all the time when mm -hmm. I was like six, seven, eight years old and it was nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I've man. actually wanted to strap my, uh, my fitness tracker to my, my son's almost three, so it wouldn't fit on, it might fit on his ankle or something like that. And I just want to see how many steps that kid gets in, in a day. Oh it, man. It's unreal. This, like if I, I'm actually in like a fitness competition for work right now where they just do it on step counting and on an off day, I'm like tempted to just get my, put my watch on his ankle and they're like you did thirty thousand steps today you know yeah because <laughs> the kids yeah. everywhere and we were as kids and it was fun we didn't think about his exercise so i think if we just follow that again then we can get back there no i agree with you man i agree with you that 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 was awesome and i'm gonna i hope that people listen and follow that advice because that's great advice and i'm gonna follow it and continue to follow that advice ken hey man i really appreciate you sharing your story and your wisdom and your knowledge here today. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. If anyone wants to, uh, uh, got a blog, thekinlane.com. Yeah. You can check it out. If you like it, cool. If you don't, whatever, but always open to new friends. Yeah. And I'll put, I'll put your website and blog in the show notes so that people know how to contact you they can listen to some of your episodes those short episodes are really cool i've listened to a couple of them they're a great way to start the day with some positivity or to end the day off with some positivity or in the middle of the day for some <laughs> for some good positive thinking so thanks a lot ken it. yeah i appreciate thanks. it man have a good one thank you ken for taking the time to be on this podcast i really appreciate you having the courage and the openness to share your struggle and your bout with cancer and to impart knowledge and wisdom onto people and awareness onto people who may be struggling with some of the same things that you talked about in this episode. That was very courageous of you and I appreciate you taking the time to do that for the betterment of humanity. If you want to check Ken out, you can go to his website, thekenlane.com. You can also subscribe to his new YouTube channel. It's called Barefoot Ken, where he jumps rope and does some tutorials. He's got a few videos up there as well, so check him out and give him some support. Much respect to Ken for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate it. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, jump rope to freedom. Peace, everybody. Thanks for your support.